This is the second shir on the Kutisichas Chelek Tazvav, the third sicha for Parchas Vechi, and it's focusing on Aura 51. This shir is a standalone shir, so if you didn't hear the first shir, you could understand the shir on its own, but of course it would be much advisable to either listen to the first shir or to learn the sicha inside that you have the context of the Aura, but the way I'm going to be explaining it, it will be a shir on its own that you could appreciate the concept that the Rebbe is discussing without knowing um, the rest of the sicha. The background of this particular aura. In the Sicha, it discussed how Ruvain lost the Bukhaira. Ruvain lost the Bukhar because of the, the story with Zilpah, how he moved the bed out of Zilpah's tent. After Rachel, after Rachel passed away, Yaakov took his bed and put it into Zilpah's t- uh, tent. And Ruvain was insulted for his mother's sake. He said, Rachel, I, I could understand that she was the main wife, but once Rachel passes away, the main wife becomes the maidservant. So he t- takes the bed and puts it into his mother's tent because he wants his mother Leah to be the main wife. And because of that he did this without discussing it with Yaakov, he lost the Bechor, he lost the Kuna, he lost the Malchus, as discussed at length in the Sicha, why he lost these particular things and what the connection was to this idea of moving the, the bed. That whole idea, you, if you want to understand the connection of what he did wrong to what he lost, you have to learn the Sicha. But what's relevant for us is that he lost the Bechor and the Bechor was given to Yosef. So the Shaila of the Ha'ar is that there's Halacha, that when a, when a person has multiple wives, therefore he could have multiple Bechors. Meaning is, like by Yaakov, he had four Bechors. He had Bechor from Leah, he had a Bechor from Rachel, and he also had a Bechor from, from the two Shvachis, from Zillah and Bil and Zilpah. So the halach is that you have to give it to the old, to the oldest one, regardless of the other wives. So the, halachically, the one who's supposed to get it would be Ruvain, as, as, as the Pasuk tells us, that Junala v'makir, the ben ahuva on the ben hasnua. So even if Rachel's was his favorite wife, and therefore he would want to give the Bechor to Yosef, he would not have been allowed to give it to Yosef. Rather, he has to give it to the ben hasnua, which would have been Leah, which would have been, in our situation, Ruvain. So the question is that Yaakov took away the Bechor from Ruvain and gave it to Yosef. So he transferred it from the Ben Hasnua and gave it to Ben Ahuva. Is this not against Allah? The Mephorshim discussed this, and we mentioned uh, the Archaim in our, in, in, our, our, in our prior shir. But right now we'll be focusing on R51, where the Rebbe focuses on Rashi. And the Rebbe tells us that according to Rashi, this is not, this is not a Shaila. Because according to Rashi, Ruvain didn't lose the entire Bechairah, the Bechor, Bechololos, the general concept of Bechor, stayed with Ruvain, and he only lost it for one aspect of it. The aspect was to be called Shvatin, that initially Ruvain would have had the schus that he would have been two Shvatin. Not sure how that would have worked, but I guess it could have been Ruvain with one of his sons, or because Ruvain had four sons. But either way, two of his, maybe it would have been the same way. Two, the two oldest sons, let's say, would have been called, uh, would have gotten, be called Shvatin. But he lost that, and the Poyol, Yosef got uh, that schus, and therefore his sons, Ephraim and Menashe, they were both called Shvatim. So what exactly does this mean? So let's first of all do a little background where we see this idea of uh, that, that Ruben lost the Bechor, and we also need to understand what does Rashi mean that he lost the Linyan Shvatim. So the first time this is mentioned, this is mentioned in Parshish Vayishlach, Perak Lamed Hay, 
Pasuk of Kav Gimel, that it says, right after the Pasuk where it says that the Yelech Ruvain, the Yishkaf, as Bila, Plegash Aviv, the Yishma Yisrael, continues, the Hibine Yaakov Shnei Maser, that Yaakov had 12 sons, and he says, Bnei Leah, Bechor Yaakov Ruvain. He says, the oldest son of Leah, the, the, sorry, the, the children of Leah, the Bechor of Yaakov is Ruvain. So Rashi says, what does it mean, Bechor Yaakov? That Afidu Bishas HaKalkala Korai Bechor, that even at the moment of his Kilku, when he did something which was, un, which was not fitting, he's still called the Bechor. Bechor Yaakov, Rashi continues, he was the Bechor L'Nachala, Bechor L'Avoida, and Bechor L'Minyan. What was he still the Bechor for? He was Bechor for Nachala, which means to be take, to take two, two, um, two portions in the Nifsei Aviv. And I'm looking at the Shai Lamora Churma, she brings down from the Matnas Kuhuna, also to take a Chelek Rishon Ba'ar. So when they divide the land, Ruvain got, uh, um, he, he initially took the first piece of land, as we know, because he got on the Ruvain, God, and Chatsi Sheva Manasha, they got Me'eva HaYagin. So the first one to take the portion would have been Ruvain. He's also the Bechor La'avoida, which means he was the one to be Makrif Karbanis, because before the Chet Egel, the, the, the ones that would do the Avoida was the, was the Bechor. So it's possible, again, it's from the Skuna, that Ruvain was actually the one that would always bring their Karbin when they would have some type of service. So we have different times in the Torah that says Yaakov brought a Karbin. So it's possible actually that Ruvain either was the one bringing the carbon, or at least was part of that um, ceremony. Because he was the Bechor, therefore he was able to do the Avaidah. The Rebbe does point out in one of the Aris that we know that Ruvain lost the Kuhuna. So it's over here it says he was the Bechor and he kept the Bechor for Avaidah, while over there it says that he lost the Bechor for the union of Kuhuna. So therefore the Rebbe Machalik, that in Kuhuna there's different aspects. One aspect is the idea of a Vaida doing bring the Karbanis, which is something which was relevant just on an individual basis. And that Ruve never lost. Then there's the Indian of Kuhuna that had to do with other people, which was Nasiyas Kapayim, benching the Yidin, being a Koyim who teaches the people Taira. That Ruvain lost. But he didn't lose the point that, that this, that he was Bechor of the Indian Vaida. And the truth is, the, the Bechor, the Bechorim continued being able to do the Avaida until the time of the Chet Egel. Once the Chet Egel happened, then they lost this, even this aspect of Bechor La and the Bechorim were not able to do the Avaida anymore, and the Koinim from Shevet Levi, they were Zoycha in all the different aspects of Kuhuna, being able to bring the Karbanas, plus the Nisiyas Kapayim, and teaching the people Torah. The next thing is Bechor Luminyan. Luminyan means that he's counted first amongst the Shvatim, as we see in this Pasuk itself, he was counted, the first was one counted would be Ruben. And Yosef was, it was, the Bechor was given to Yosef only in regards to the Inyan HaShvatim. That Yosef became two Shvatim. That his two sons, Ephraim and Menashe, they were called Shvatim. And we'll see in a moment, what does that mean that they were, what does that mean that they became shvatim, two Shvatim? What, what is that relevant to? So before we do that, or we go to Parshas Vayichi, Perk Memchas, Alacha, Pasuk Hei, and Vav where Yaakov is telling Yosef that his two sons that were born to an Eretz Mitzrayim, before I came to you, Lihem, they are mine. Ephraim and Menashe Ruven and Shimon Yoli. Ephraim Menashe will be like Reuben and Shimon. What does it mean, Lihem? So Rashi explains, Becheshman Shorbanahem. They are part of the Cheshman of my other children. Lito Chelek Arts Ishkenegda. That they would, each of them would be able to get a portion in the land. So Ephraim and Menashe is just like Reuben and Shimon. Just like Reuben and Shimon each got a portion of land. So Ephraim and Menashe also each got a portion of the land. So it comes out 
that Yosef got two portions. And therefore, each one of his kids took that portion of land. And the Pasuk continues, what happens if he has more kids? So the Torah tells us that if he has any more kids, they will be called by their brother's name. Meaning is that they will not have their own shevet. Rather, they're going to be part of the shevet of Ephraim and Manasseh. So why is it, so Rashi tells us over here that they were called Shvatim what does it mean that they were called Shvatim? That they were able to take, make a Geirol for the, the Shmois Shvatim. That when the, the Eretz Yisrael was divided up, only 12, it was divided into 12 portions. Shevet Levi did not take a Chelek of Eretz. So it was the 11 brothers of Yaakov, or the 11 sons of Yaakov, plus Ephraim and Manasseh. Sorry, it was the 10 brothers, I should say, of Yaakov, plus Ephraim and Manasseh. They also were part of this Geirol. So that, this is when it's relevant that they were called Shvatim, that they were able to be part of this girl. And also Nasi, the whole Shevet, Shevet, each one of them able, were able to have their own Nasi. And with the Golem Zelazan, they also had their own flags. So basically they were a Shevet. The main point that he's trying to tell us is that they were called Shvatim, that they had their own tribe. So anything relevant to being, in a sense, like your own community, your own tribe, that's what they got. So they got their own portion in the land of Eretz Yisrael, when they were camping, they had their own degel. For the representation, they had their own nasi. They were a distinct uh, unit of people. So that's what they, they that they were zeichen. So the Ramban asks a few questions on Rashi. His first question is that the Torah, or little background, even before the questions. How exactly was Eretz Yisrael divided up? You know that it was divided into 12 portions, each Sheva got a chilek, but how did they decide how big each chilek was? So this is a machloikis Rashi and the Ramban. So Rashi says that the larger the Shevet, the larger the piece of land. So Yehuda, which was the largest Shevet, would have gotten the biggest piece of land. The smaller Shvat, let's say Binyamin, would have gotten a much smaller, much smaller piece of land. I, the land was divided up by Geirol, but the Geirol was Beruach HaKadosh, meaning is that when they did the Geirol, Beruach HaKadosh, Yehuda got the biggest piece of land, while Binyamin got the smaller piece of land. And, and to be more exact, the land was divided up according to how many pe people you had. So Yehuda wasn't just you got a big piece of land, but the portion of land was relevant to how many people you had let's, according to how many people, uh, by, by the final count that they had in Parshish Pinchas, when, uh, when Moshe was still alive, they counted all the people, and according to how many people of each shave that you had, then they would have given you a bigger piece of land, or a smaller piece of land, those pieces, those tchumen, were put into a gyrol, and miraculously, with the Ruch HaKadosh, the bigger tribes got the tribe, you got the piece of land which was specifically designated to the amount of people that he had, so it fit perfectly. The Ramban disagrees. And the Ramban holds that the Eretz Yisrael was divided into 12 equal pieces of land. So Yehuda would have gotten the same size land. It doesn't mean necessarily uh, the Kamas, it could have been also quality-wise, you know, got, getting a better piece of land. But the point is that everybody got exactly the same shtickle of land. Same, at least the same value of land as all the other brothers. And the purpose of the Gaila was just to decide 
who went where. So you picked up a, a piece of land and, oh, Yehuda would go to this particular area. Ephraim went to a different area. So according to the Ramban, the girl, everybody got the same amount of land. The, the, the chilek was only where you got your piece of land. So what's the Ramban's proofs? So the Ramban, over here in Parshish Ba'echi, Perik Memchas, Pasuk Kei and Vav, also in Ba'midbar, Perik Chavav, and Pasuk Nandal, discusses his, his, his opinion, and he asks numerous questions on Rashi. Um, the first question he has on Rashi is that in the Gemara and Baba Basra, it has a question how the land of Eretz Yisrael was divided. And the question was, was Eretz Yisrael divided up by 12 equal portions of land, or, which the Gemara calls the Shvatim Iflegi, it was divided according to the amount of Shvatim, meaning 12 equal pieces of land, or was it divided kakafta according to the amount of people that they had? So was there 12 Gerolites at 12 equal pieces of land, or was there 600,000 Gerolites, and each Yid got his own piece of land? I, how did they all end up together? Because it's clear from Tyra and Nach that each Shevet had his own portion. That was because the, the girl was done Baruch HaKadosh. So everybody from Chelek, uh, let's say, from uh, Shevet Yehuda took a piece, you know, did the girl, and miraculously all the Shevet Yehuda landed up in one spot. Binyamin, all the people of Shevet Binyamin landed up in one spot. But the idea was that there was a separate girl for each individual. So that's the Shaila of the Ma. Was it divided according to the Shvatim, or was it divided according to Kakafta, according to each individual? So the Gemara says, the Maskanus the Gemara is that it was divided up according to the Shvatim, meaning is that it was divided into 12 portions. The Gemara, uh, the Gemara doesn't go weiter, but just the Ramban. Others discuss, so after it was divided into 12 portions, then each Shevet would divide it up according to the family units, and then the fa- uh, according to the Mishpacha, and then each Mishpacha would divide it up according to the Batei Avais, and then each Batei Av would divide it up according to all the single individuals which were part of that uh, Batei Av. So, you know, so it broke down to eventually each person got his piece of land. But either way, the Gemara's Muscan is that it was divided up according to Shvatim. So the first question that the Ramban has is, the Gemara tells us that it was divided up to 12 equal pieces of land. It was, it was divided according to the Shvatim. It wasn't divided according to Kakata. Rashi's saying is, the, big, the more people you had, the bigger the piece of land. But he says the Gemara is saying that it was divided, it was, it was divided according to the Shvatim. 12 pieces of land, not that it was divided according to how many people uh, there were. And that, that's the first question here. Uh, that's one of the questions he asks. And specifically, according, he asks some questions based on the story of Ephraim and Menashe. It says over here, his question would be is that we know the Bechor was given to Yosef. It says, according to Rashi, there's no Nafkimina if the Bechor was given to Yosef. Because anyways, everybody, each tribe got a piece of land according to how many people they had. So in other words, if Ephraim and Manasseh would have taken one piece of land, they would have gotten a really big piece of land. But now that they're, they're separate shvatim, so each one gets a smaller piece of land. But there's no not community to Yosef. It's just that, will they, get, will they have two tickets in the lottery and each one would take a smaller piece of land? Or, or, was it just they have one uh, ticket in the lottery and they get, would have gotten one p- big piece of land. So according to Rashi, it, did, it doesn't make a difference. So it's according to me, according to the Ramban, that each Sheva got an equal portion, then it's very clear what Yaakov gave Yosef. What Yaakov gave Yosef was 
an equal portion. The land was divided into 12 equal parts, and Ephraim and Asher each got one of those portions. So they got double the amount of everybody else. But according to Rashi, that the land was divided up according to how many people came into Eretz Yisrael. So anyways, Ephraim and Asher would have gotten one large piece of land. So now they're just getting two smaller pieces of land, but there's no actual Napkamina. And he also proves from a few different places that when the Torah says over here that Ephraim and Asher God a nachla, it means a nachla mamish. First of all, the pasuk says, "Al shema chiyam yikoru benachalasim," that they will be that the other brothers that would be born after Ephraim and Nasha will be called with their they will be included within their brother's name when it comes to a nachla. So the Torah itself calls it a nachla. Nachla means usually in Torah, nachla means a, 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 you're getting a portion of land, you're getting a part of the inheritance of your father. But according to Rashi, it seems like it's just an inyan kavod. They, they they would be considered a shevet that they get their own gairo, they get their own nasi, they get their own flag, but that's not a nachala. And he proves it also from two gemaras. There's a gemara in Baba Basra, where the gemara over there actually discusses halacha. The question over there in the gemara is <clears throat> that, that we know that if you have two brothers, you have a bachor and a younger brother, and then the father passes away. So what you do is you take the land and you divide it into three portions, three equal portions. The bachor will take two of those portions, and the younger brother takes one. So the Gemara asks, what happens if you have five brothers? So you have the Bechor plus four younger brothers. How are you supposed to divide the land then? And you have two options. Do we say that the Bechor takes two-thirds of the land and the other four brothers will take one-third? Because the Torah says Pishnaim, that he takes double, right? So Pishnaim would be double. So that means he takes double all the other brothers. So he would get... Uh, two-thirds of the land and the other four brothers we have to divide up that last one-third or does it mean that you take the land you divide it up into six equal portions the before we get two of those portions and the other four brothers would each take one portion so the more discusses it and one of the things one of the proofs of the gemara brings is from our pasuk Ephraim Menashe, that the torah says that Ephraim Menashe meaning that Ephraim and Menashe, they got the same amount as Ruvain Bishim. It doesn't say that Ephraim and Menashe got the same amount as two-thirds of the brother, or right, as two-thirds of the brothers. No, it says Ephraim and Menashe got the same amount that Ruvain and Shimon would have gotten. So Ephraim and Menashe, of course, are the kids of Yosef. So Yosef, in other words, got the same amount as two of his brothers. So he got the same as, as, as two portions, as Ruvain and Shimon. So the Gemara proves that when there's multiple brothers, the Bechor doesn't take two-thirds and all the other 11 brothers would divide up that one-thirds that's left. No, rather what you do is, if there's 12 brothers, you divide the land into 13 parts. Uh, and two of the brothers would take, the, the, the Bechor would take two portions of land. And the other brothers would each take uh, one, one, one piece of land each. So over there, it's clear that we're using a Frayim Menashe, Guvim Shimon, to say that they got an actual Chalik in the land. They got chalakim in the land. They got a piece in the land. It's a real nachala. And the second proof he brings is from the Sachas Harius. Over there, the Gemara is talking about the Parahel and Dabr This is a korban that is brought if the, most of the Jewish people um, do an Avera based on a Psakdin that the Bezdin uh, ruled in error and they did an Avera based on that. For example, they said a particular food is kosher and it kind of came out that it was trade. So the rule is the, 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 you have to bring a parahelim davar shotziva, and you bring up the parahelim for each one of the tribes. And the Gemara is figuring out which of those tribes are included. 
So the more wanted to say that a Frayim Menashe are two of the tribes, meaning not Levi, but rather it's a Frayim Menashe would be those 12 tribes. So the Gemara says, no, a Frayim Menashe were just included for the Indian of Nachla, not for anything else. So they would not be considered a Kahal regarding the Parhal of Sheldav Shalzibar, rather the 12 brothers would be Levi and, you know, and Yosef basically, not a Frayim and Menashe. So here we see again that the only thing that he got the Bechor, it was Bechor the Inyan Nachala, not the Bechor for Inyanim of Kavid, that they'd, uh, for Inyanim of Kavid, but rather it, it was relevant to the Inyanim Nachala. But according to Rashi, it, it's not relevant to the Nachala. It was more Inyanim of Kavid that they're called the Shevet and they get their own uh, flag and they get their own uh, lottery ticket. So those are the three questions that the Ramban asked as Rashi. And as we said, rather how the Ramban learns it is that there was 12 equal portions and Ephraim Menashe literally got two of those portions, so they had double the amount of the brother as the other brothers, and then the Lushan of Nachla and the Pasuk makes sense, and the Gemara makes sense, and what the Nachlamina is, is very clear. So the Forshi Rashi um, answer for Rashi, explain Rashi, the sheet of Rashi, especially, uh, specifically what I'm referring to is the Re'em and the Gerarie in Parshish Ve'echi, and also they explain it in Ramidbar Per Kavav Pasuk Mandalit. So they say that according to Rashi, that when the Torah says that he's getting a Nachala and that they're getting a second lottery ticket, what it means that they're getting another Nachala, it refers to the Indian of Tuchumin, that there was a Nafkimina that, um, that Ephraim Menashe got two Chalakim, two portions of land. I, the Pail, it would have been the same amount, it was large or smaller, like the Ramban says, but the difference is that they got two lottery tickets. So first of all, what is the Nachla that we're referring to? Just to, first to specify that. All these places are mashna, that there was an actual Nachla that, that Ephraim and Nash got. So the answer is yes, they did get a Nachla. The Nachla was that they got a, 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 their own portion in the land. And all those places that you're bringing, where it says the Inya Nachla, it's referring to this idea that they had their own borders. They had their own Tchumen. And all the halachas that are relevant to Tchumen, for example, how you're not supposed to transfer um, land from one Shevet to another Shevet, all those alachas would apply also to Ephraim and Asher, that they couldn't even transfer land one to the other because that is their tum, that is their ancestral land. That is a nachla. It's that piece of land is the nachla of Ephraim and it's the nachla of, of Menashe. And the halachas of nachla sa'arts would apply to them, uh, especially how it relates to transferring land uh, and whatever else is uh, negated to those alachas over there. So that's what the nachla means. And the, the different place in the Gemara is also referring to that because the Papayal, they did get two portions. Right, Ephraim and Asha did get two portions, but it was two portions. Maybe it wasn't an Akimina in the school and how much land they got, but they did get a, their own two portions, while the other uh, Shvatim only had one portion for themselves. But the question, of course, is Lamayna Who cares? If one big piece, two smaller pieces, does that really matter? So they answer that it did matter. And they say a few things why it mattered, but the main point is uh, this is the way I understood it is that there, it mattered that they had two. It's like the difference of putting, having one, you know, one, uh, one, doing one raffle of $100 or $50 each. That your, 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 your probability of winning a better piece of land is more probable. Meaning, if they only had one raffle and they got a piece of land that they weren't happy with, it's too bad. But let's say they had a raffle and they got two pieces of land. So it could be that one piece of land <clears throat> wasn't the greatest, but at least they have the other piece of land that they would be happy with. And if you're talking about a big tribe, then at least, um, well, it's actually two different. One was a Ephraim and Menashe, but at least they would have two portions that they would be able to utilize 
uh, I guess, make some uh, and be happy with that. Especially as the Gemara tells us that each Sheva got, says got a portion of Har, they got some of the mountain, they got a, a Shtela, they got some of the valleys, and they got some level green uh, plains. So if they would have gotten one big piece of land, it's very possible that they maybe would have got mostly mountains and a little bit of plains, a little bit of the valleys. But when you're getting two portions, it's more likely that you had a, a, a greater variety of the types of land, which also has a certain schus that you're able to have greater variety of the types of land in your portion, because that could, I, you know, I guess you're hedging your bets. In other words, it, 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 you're somewhat hedging your bets. And also, as I mentioned, there was not communist about transferring the land from one shape to the next. So that also would have been relevant. So that's how they explain uh, Rashi. But then, the Gur Aryeh, and this is what we're going to continue with, is that the Gur Aryeh has a few questions. He defends Rashi, but then he has a few questions, which is really a defense, uh, like Shilas, which would are rias for the Ramban, that would be questions on Rashi. So let's look at some of these questions that the Gurariya asks on the sheet of Rashi. And even before we get to the questions, I mean, I, I, it's probably clear the Maila of Shittas the Ramban is that he's able to say that Nachala is Kapshuta, that they literally got an extra piece of land. Mashiach, according to Rashi, you have to say the Nachala over here means they got their own piece, but it wasn't really a bigger piece that they would have gotten. It was just that you had other schusen by having your own chalik. It's more of a it's it's not the usual sense of how we interpret the idea of a nachla. It's it's somewhat different than it's usually translated. But over here, when we're talking about the shvatim, you know, obviously that that it, it, it's able to be somewhat different because it's not we're not talking about anyways a regular nachla. Regular nachla is a piece of land that you have and you're giving it to your kids. Here we're giving a nachla for hundreds of years later, that eventually they'd get these pieces of land. So anyways, we're talking about a, a different sort of nachla. But either way, Ramban has the maila that he means it's a nachla kachute. But of course, the maila Rashi is that at least one of the Milas, and we'll see some more, is that according to him, you wouldn't have had this issue. How could Yaakov give the Bechor to Yosef and, and not to Reuven? So the answer is no, that the regular things that actually have to do with Nechassim, the regular concept of Nachla, what the Torah is referring to, which is literally land that you have at the moment of death, Reuven did get two thirds of it. And what Yaakov was referring to was something which would happen in the future. And it, it, had, it made no Nafkimina about how much land you would get, it was really just a matter of COVID and a matter of what pieces of land that you would get. That's what was the, the major difference. So the Guru Ari asks a few shalas on Rashi, based on the Gemaras. So the questions that he asks is, question number one, that Gemara and Baba Basra discusses, um, was the Eretz Yisrael divided up based on 12 Shvatim? Or was it divided up according to how many people there were? Let's say 600,000 Gorales. Before I get to the question of the Gorariya, I realize I never told you how Rashi would explain the Gemara. So first of all, how does Rashi explain the Machlekes over there? The Ramban understood it, that the if it was divided by Shvatim, it means it was 12 equal parts. If it was divided by the people, it would have been 600,000 Gorales. According to Rashi, they want to explain that he understands the Machleka differently. According to Rashi, when it says the Shvatim is divided by Shvatim, it means it was divided by 12 unequal portions. 
So you had 12 unequal portions being put part of the gyrol. So you had bigger portions and smaller portions. And then we made the gyrol. The gyrol was with Ruach HaKadosh. So it came out that the biggest tribe got the biggest portion, the smallest tribe got the smallest portion. It worked out beautifully. So the machlekes, and uh, that's one option. So was it 12 unequal parts? Or was there, same thing as the Ramban will learn, was there 600,000 raffles being done? That's how first of all Rashi would explain that Gemara. But the Gemara itself actually brings two proofs that it was divided based on the Shvatim. What's the first proof? The Pasuk tells us, this is in Bamidbar, it tells us that based on the Gemara, you'll divide the land, whether it's a, you get a large portion or a small portion, it's based on the Gemara. So according to if you're saying that it's based on Shvatim, then it, then, then it makes sense. According to Rashi, he would explain, you know, obviously, if you're a larger tribe, you get a larger, um, well, theoretically, a raffle could work is that the largest tribe could get the smallest piece of land, and the smallest tribe could get the biggest piece of land. So the Pasuk's telling about Pia Arts, the Chalaka Arts, and it has to be based on the Ger, regardless of how big and small the piece of land you end up getting is, you have to follow the Ger. But of course, it was with Ruach HaKadosh, so... Uh, you know, it, it worked out perfectly. But the Pasuk's telling us it's a Gairo. So it's been a problem. Ah, it doesn't matter how big the portions and small the portions are, you go according based on the Gairo. So that is clearly talking about 12 portions. If we're talking about that there's 600,000 portions being divided up, and each individual had his own portion, then it's then it's clear that when the Torah were divided to 600,000 people, wouldn't have given some people bigger portions, some people smaller portions. Everyone would have got exactly the same size. When we're talking about a Shavit, so you say a shavit could get a larger portion because since they have more people, we give them more land based on how many people they have. But if we're saying each person got his own portion, then of course that portion would have been, every person would have got an equal size portion. So what does the Torah set mean that you're going to divide the land based on the girl, whether it's a large portion, whether it's large or small? What do you mean whether they're large or small? Everyone's getting the same size. It's just a question of where you're getting your piece of land. That's the only nafkimina if you're saying it's 600,000 people. So that's a proof that it was Bain Rab Lama'at, according to Rashi, he would explain it to me that whether uh, it was a big piece of land or a smaller piece of land, you take the land that you're supposed to get. Uh, the Ramban explains this right a bit differently. According to the Ramban, who says it was 12 equal pieces of land, he says the difference is for the individual. Meaning, you have to divide the land based on a girl of these 12 portions. I if you divide the land based on 12 equal portions and you each one gets their chalik based on the girl where they're supposed to be, it's going to come out that Shevet Yehuda, which was the largest tribe, each person would get a much smaller portion of land. While when we look at a smaller tribe, let's say Binyamin, it would come out that they would get a much bigger piece of land. So the Torah is telling us that you have to follow that according to the girl, you will divide up the land. Whether you're going to get a large portion, whether you're from let's say Shevet Binyamin, therefore each individual will get a large piece of land. Or whether you're from Shevet Yehuda, then it's Lama'at, then you're going to get a small piece of land. Because since the actual portions are the same, and the girl was only about where your portion is going to be, so it's going to come out, if you use this method, some Shvatim, the individuals will get a large piece of land, and other Shvatim, the individuals will get a very uh, a small piece of land. So, but either way, if we're going to say that it was based on 600,000 people, each one having their own 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 girl, then of course each individual would have gotten exactly the same piece of land. That's according to Rashi and the Ramban. That, that part would, would be equal. If you're saying it goes by the Karkafta, 
then Bein Ra'ulamat doesn't make sense because everybody got the same amount of land. Rather, you must say it goes by Shvatim, and then we have Rashi's explanation that it was literally each Shevet would have gotten, certain, based on the Gur, you would have gotten a, a the Shevet would have gotten a larger or smaller piece of land, while according to the Ramban, it would mean the individual. Some individuals from a large shape would get a smaller piece of land. If you're from a small shape, you would go off in a bigger piece of land. That's proof number one. The second proof the Gemara brings is from a famous uh, Brisa. The Brisa tells us that initially Eretz Yisrael was divided into 12 portions. When Mashiach comes, it's going to be divided into 13 portions because the Nasi will be taking the 13th portion. The Brisa continues that how was Eretz Yisrael, uh, how was it divided up? So it says that Eliezer was uh, clothed with the Urm Batumim and um, and also some explanation from the middle of the portion, and, and, what would, and they divided the land into 12 portions, uh, and, and, and they wrote them on pieces of, uh, pieces of parchment, and then they wrote each of the twi- tribes on 12 pieces of portion, and they put them, the, the tribes in one box, the portions of land into a second box, and then what they would do is that Eliezer would be enclosed in the Urmit to him, and he would say, the Chelek is going to be this and this and this and this, and then they would pick out uh, you know, the shape of that, uh, the name, and it would come out Zvolen, and then they pick out the land, and it would come out exactly the, the, the boundaries as Eliezer said, as said. And, 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 and that's what might happen for all of them. He'd say, oh, Shevet Yehuda is this, this piece of land, and they miraculously pull out Shevet Yehuda's name, and exactly the piece of land that he was supposed to get. But the point of the Gemara is that the Gemara says, Shema Mino, it was 12 Cholakim. The Gemara doesn't say it was 600,000 Cholakim. Rather, it says it was 12 Cholakim. So based, now we can ask a few questions. The Guru Arya has a few questions on Rashi from this Gemara. The first question is, when this second proof it says is that the land was divided initially into 12 parts, the Mashiach comes divided into 13 pieces of land. According to the Ramban, that makes a lot of sense. Because what's the Brisa telling us? It's telling us initially it was divided into 12, 12 equal parts of land. And loss of lobby will be divided into 13 equal pieces of land. Uh, we know where to scroll will be much larger because we're going to have extra land then. But either way, it's going to be a new division because each tribe will be getting much more than the initial one because we're going to air to scroll will be much bigger. It's going to be divided into 13 equal parts with the Nazi taking one. But according to Rashi, that each tribe got based on how many people they had. So what does that mean for the Nazi? The Nazi is one, one person. So does that mean the, so the, it seems like everyone, each tribe is going to get according to how much they need. And then the Nazi is going to get his chalik which will be the amount that one person needs. So the land's being divided into 13 parts. Well, each one is getting according to how much it's being equally divided. So remember, if you're 600,000 people and you're taking all the Tchum Eberitz Yisrael, you're really what you're doing is you're dividing it into 600,000 portions. And then you're looking at how much each Shevet, let's say a Shevet has 100,000 people, then they take 100,000 uh, portions of land, and that's their tchum. And another shevet had 50,000, so they're getting 50,000 tchum, and, and that's their boundary. So when you get to the portion of the nasi, then it's just going to be one portion. So what's the vart of the Torah that he's getting his th- the 13th chalak? That make sense according to Rashi. If there's, according to Ramam, it's beautiful. There's 13 equal parts, and he's getting one of those parts. According to Rashi, it's hard to understand. The second question he has is, according to Rashi, the Brisa, this second Brisa, tells us exactly how the land was divided. That the girl would say, the Tchum of Zvulun is, you know, from here to here. So the Brisa is clearly saying that it wasn't going by the individuals. It's saying that 
they had a raffle, and the Shevet of Shavulin got from here to here. So why doesn't the Gemara just bring that part as a proof? It's bringing only the part that it's yud base Chalakim, or 13 Chalakim. The Gemara, it, it clearly says how the Gael was done. That was done by the Shevet. Why doesn't Rashi bring that as a, why, according to Rashi, why doesn't the Gemara bring that as a proof? According to the Ramban, we can understand why. Because according to the Ramban, telling us where the Tchumim are is not a proof that they were equal portions. Yes, it would be a proof that it wasn't divided by each individual. It wasn't divided into 600,000 parts. That's true. But it doesn't, and it's clearly it's being divided by the 12 Shvatim, but it doesn't tell us how. Was it divided into 12 equal pieces, 12 unequal pieces? That we wouldn't know. So therefore, the Brisa has to bring the initial idea that it was Yud-based Cholakim or Yud-Gimel Cholakim. And from that part, we see it's 12 portions plus it was equal portions. So that's why it makes sense, according to the Rambam, that the proof was from the beginning of the Brisa. But according to Rashi, why doesn't it bring a proof from the, the end of the Brisa, which talks about clearly uh, that each Sheva got a, a, whatever their t- pieces of land were. And the third and final question, according to Rashi, is what's, according to this opinion of, of Kakak the Begavi, that there's 600,000 pieces of land that the, the Eretz was divided in, and each person got his own portion, when Yaakov gave the brachas to Yosef and said that you're going to have the Bechor, and therefore Ephraim and Manash will be like Reuven and Shimon, what did that add? According to, if we say that's the Shvatim, Okay, at least we have a pshat. The shvatim, according to Rashi, would mean is that each shevet that Ephraim and Asha, they got two lottery tickets, and you know there are certain mile to have two lottery tickets. There's something, but if there's each individual had his own raffle, then then what did they get? They didn't get anything. They didn't even get an extra raffle ticket. You're still getting one. You're one raffle ticket. Where are you going to be? So 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 what are you what are you getting extra? And to say, he says, to say, what, what was the Mila? That it came out that since Yaakov called them a Shevet, so what would come out is that we know that miraculously, there's 600, according to this side of the Gemara, that there's 600,000 raffles, each Shevet picked out, each individual of the Shevet would pick out a piece of land, and Baruch HaKadosh, the whole Shevet Yehuda ended up in one spot. The whole Shevet Yom ended up in one spot. So he says, maybe the Bracha would be that the whole Shevet Ephraim landed up in one spot, and the Shevet Manasha landed up in there, well, technically, two spots, right? On Beber Yard and the part that they had in there to stroke proper. So, so, so that would make, so, so, but that doesn't make, that wouldn't be a good answer, he says, because that would be B'day Shammai. It sounds like Yaakov was actually giving them something. Here, he wasn't giving them something. There would still be exactly the same amount of raffle tickets he'd be giving. Everyone's getting one raffle ticket. And, oh, Baruch HaKadosh, it came out that they got their own tchum. But that's not something that Yaakov was giving them. So Yaakov was giving a nachla. That doesn't seem that he actually gave them anything. It was it was the same thing that everybody else got. It just Baruch Hakodesh. They would get their own portions. It's to say that's what Yaakov gave them. He says that's very rough. It, it, you know, it has to have been that he actually gave them something somewhat tangible. So to give them their, so if you're saying it's a shade, that's fine. They gave them something tangible. They had their own raffle ticket. But here you didn't give them anything. Rashkacha Prat said it worked out that they were in their own tchumim. That wasn't from Yaakov. That was B'day Shemayim. And therefore he says that's very rough to say that that would be the pshat. So Ibazai. We have three questions, really, the Gurarie asks on Rashi's chat. Let's just review it. According to Rashi, that says that Eretz Yisrael was divided up by Shvatim, and each Shevet got its, a piece of land based on the size of how large the Shevet was. Question number one is, when the when Mashiach is going to be, the, the Eretz Yisrael is going to be divided by Shvatim, it says it's going to be 13 portions. But the portion of the Nasi, if it's based on size, it's not really a portion. It's just like the same thing everyone, everyone else is getting. 
So I guess it's very doichik to say. I guess you could say doichik. It means, yes, it won't be under any of the tribes. It would be like Washington, D.C. His piece of land will be its own, uh, you know, its own piece of land that it's for the Nasi and not part of the politics and the Hulu of each tribe. So I guess you could say that, but uh, I'm just thinking on the spot about that, maybe. But uh, the, the guru, I already think that's somewhat of a doichik. I, I would also maybe even add to that shot that it could also be when it says being divided into 13 pieces of uh, 13 pieces, that the chayuk of the Nasi probably wasn't the same size as an individual of the tribe. So if a regular tribe had 100,000 people, they're getting 100,000 equal portions. Probably the Nasi's shevet wasn't the same as a regular person's size. That's why it would be another reason why it would be called a chayuk. Because he had his own portion. Doesn't, it's not clear how big that piece would be, but I guess Mashiach Kamzi would tell us how big that portion could be. So maybe you could give this, this answer to Rashi. The Guraya doesn't give any answers. I didn't have a chance to look at other portions if they answer it. That was just as I'm speaking, I, I thought of that. So if you like it, great. If not, look at the Mepharshim. I'm sure they probably deal with this particular question. The second question he asked was, um, why, don't we, why don't we answer the suffix of, was it by 12 lots or 600,000 by the Sefer Tabrisa where the Guru clearly said what Tchumim of each shevet was? Um, again, so the Guru Arya does not give a pshat. Doesn't give an answer for this, but based on something that the aim is going to say, which hopefully we'll get to later, he wants he wants to say that according to Rashi, there's a, I guess there's a general question you could ask of the Ramban. According to the Ramban, that the only relevant part of the price is really the first part, that it was yud base chalakim and thirteen chalakim. Why, did, according to the Ramban, why do you have to bring the safe of the brisa? It's like not even relevant that it was based on a gairol and the ruach Why? Who cares? The only part that's really relevant to the question of the Gemara would have been the first part. He says, according to Rashi, it makes sense why it brings the end of the Gemara, because according to Rashi, he, he has to explain that if we're saying that it was 12 unequal parts of land, then the question, of course, would be is, if you made 12 unequal pieces of land, you're making one massive piece for Yehuda, how do you know that Yehuda's going to get that piece of land? Maybe Binyamin's going to get it. So therefore, the Gemara has to bring that that brisa that tells us that it was with Ruach HaKadosh, or else, because if not, there's a, a massive question on that shot that it was Yud Bey's Shavatim, and like there's a very big question over there. So according to Rashi, it makes sense why it has to bring that end of the uh, of, of the brisa. Um, so why wouldn't we be able to um, learn out from this safe of the brisa? So the truth is, maybe we can say that you could have learned it from the safe of the brisa. Meaning is, it learns it out from the beginning. When it quotes the Brysa, it brings the first part of the Brysa. From the first part of the Brysa, it's very clear that it's talking about, it says 12 Cholakim. So, so it brings it from the first part of the Brysa because it's very clear that we're talking about 12 portions, which that's the most relevant point to our discussion. Was it 12 portions, 600,000 portions? And then the reason why it brings the end of the Brysa, which really is continuing with that model that, as it said at the ratio, that there's 12 parts, then the Brysa tells us how was it divided into 12 parts, and it tells you that it was Ruach HaKadosh. So according to Rashi, it's really one proof that the first part of the Brysa is telling you it's 12 parts, and it continues with the rest of the Brysa. Not as a, it, it's, it's not an additional proof, and it's not just redundant because you brought the first part, just continue bringing the end. According to Rashi, it's all really one proof. It's 12 Cholakim, and then the Brysa has to continue how were these Cholakim made. But it's really all part of one thing. And the third question we had was, um, according to the side of Kakakta the Gavri, what was Yaakov's bracha to Ephraim and Masha? You can't even say that it was to take a girl. 
they didn't even get a girl in the line. They, 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 what was the nachla? They literally didn't get anything. And to say that it was B'day Shemayim, that it ended up that all the Gorillas ended in one spot, I guess that's an answer. But the Gurari says that's very rough. It's a Dechik. He really doesn't like that answer. Uh, and he doesn't give an answer. He leaves it with a question. So again, always you can look at Mepharshim. I didn't have a chance, but just on the spot, uh, we, we usually have a rule in the Gemara, and if you see this many times, Tesos springs, that Tesos will ask, why does the Gemara answer, you know, uh, another answer. It could have answered A, B, and C. Why is it answering D? It could have given another answer of A, B, and C. So Taisus will say that on Hilchanami, maybe the Gemara could have answered that, but it had better Terutzim, or that the Terutzim that it gave is more relevant for the discussion that's going on in the Gemara. So Ula Yesh Leimar, that's Ein Hachinami. That for, if from the Tzadat, Kakat of the Gavri, this would talk be an issue. How are you going to explain Ephraim and Menashe? Why doesn't the Gemara bring this idea of Ephraim and Menashe? Because it already has two very clear proofs from that discussion itself. From the discussion in the Torah of the Chalukas arts, when it's talking about the Geirah, it says, So that's a Pasuk, which is literally in the Torah portion, which is discussing the, the Geirah. And then you have the Brisa that says 12 portions. So it, it's much clearer than and bringing this idea of a Ephraim Menashe. So it could be, again, possibly that Enoch and Amin Bedomar could have brought that as, as, as a, another reason why we must say it's the Shvatim. But it doesn't bother because it's, uh, it has two other answers. Stan, the truth is the Ramban, technically, this question could really be on the Ramban also. But if you're saying it's Kakak with Gavri, so if, what does it mean that Ephraim and Menashe got an extra portion? If you're saying there was, the line was divided into 12 equal portions, so okay, Ephraim got one of those, and Menashe got another one. But if you're saying it was 600,000 portions, then they didn't get anything extra either. So, the Ramban answers, and he, he also says this is a daichik. He says it's a daichik. He says, I don't, but he answers is that maybe every individual, according to the son, every individual in Ephraim and every individual in Menashe would have got two portions. So each person in the shade of Menashe would have taken two portions of the land. He says this is not found anywhere in the Pesukim. Um, therefore, he doesn't, really doesn't like the Pshat. But he says, according to this prop, there must be some nafkamina. And the only nafkamina he can think of is this idea that maybe each individual got two pieces of land. And what would be the pshan of the Pasuk, that Ephraim, Menashe, Kuruv, and Neshimen, it means that, because it means every person in Ephraim would be like Reuven and Shimon, and every person of Menashe would be like Reuven and Shimon. So it doesn't mean that Ephraim is like Reuven and, and, you know, and, and Shimon is like, and, uh, you know, Anasha would have been like Shimon, because, again, that would just mean, okay, so they each got a portion of land, but anyways, they're each supposed to get the portion of land. What it means is that Ephraim would have gotten, like Ruvim and Shimon, meaning two pieces of uh, this, two pieces of land, so Ephraim gets the same amount as the two brothers got, and the same thing, Anasha would have gotten the same amount as Ruvim and Shimon got, two pieces of land. But he says that is a day. But either way, these are the questions that, that they have on Rashi. The Ra'im, uh, after he defends from the questions that the Ramban asks on Rashi, he actually has a bunch of questions that he asks on the Ramban to show how Rashi's pshat is much more gishmak. So, uh, uh, the first one that he brings is, is that there's a Sifri, the Sifri on the Pasik, the Rav Tar and it says, Ish kafi the Pasik says this is in Babidbar, Chava Pasik Nun, uh, 
It says, According to the, I'll translate it like Rashi, according to the larger tribe, you give a larger portion, to the smaller tribe, you give a smaller portion. Each each over here means the tribe, according to its numbers, you would give the Nachla. So the Sifri writes over here that each Shevet would get according to what they are. So the Sifri is clearly saying that the Shevet gets according to what amount of people they are. So the main point is that the Sifri is learning this Pasuk about the Shevet. The Ramban wanted to say that this Pasuk is actually talking about the family. Because remember, according to the Ramban, each Shevet got exactly the same amount of land. So when it says, it means that when each Shevet came to divide the land, so let's say you had Shevet Yehuda, so now they want to divide it. So the, the Pasuk is telling us that to the larger that when the shaver would divide their lands, to the larger families would get larger pieces of land, and to the smaller families they would get smaller pieces of the land. And he actually says this fits very well with the previous parsha. The previous pair, or beginning of this pair is is giving a minion. It counts all the Jewish people, and based on that count, that's how many, how big they're. Uh, based on that count, that's how, the people who are being counted in that minion. Those are the people that got a, a portion of the land of Eretz Yisrael because this is right before they came in. So if you look at the different families, the way how this count is done is much different than all the other counts because it divides it up by family. For example, it says the Bnei Naftali, according to their families, that you had Yachsiel, and then uh, according to their family, Guni, for the Mishpach Guni, Yetzir, Mishpach Yitzri, the Shilem, Mishpach Shilemi. So it's dividing up according to the family. So he says, why is that? Because in our part, the next Sukkim, when it talks about dividing the land, it says the Rav Tarbe, it means that the larger families, so let's say if, uh, Yachziel from the, from the family of Tali was a large mishpacha. That means they would get a large piece of land. And uh, if Guni was a small one, Lama'at, they would have gotten a smaller nachalasa. So ish, ish, ish over here means the families. According to the numbers that are in, in their families, that's the portion of land that that particular family would get. And then from that family itself, it was divided up into the Batei Ovis, which that has to do with the, the, the mishpacha is the, as again, the mishpacha from Yehuda. This is 200 years after Yehuda already had these kids. So then it would go by each Bate Avis from the, you know, anybody who was over the age of 20 and they had, they had any kids that would eventually be divided, subdivided into that. But either way, that's the Ramban learns. But if you look at the Sifri, the Sifri clearly says that each Shevet according to its number, that's what you're going to get. So the Sifri is learning this Pasek that is talking about the Shevet. So that's a very hard question on the Ramban. And the Ramban actually realizes that. And he says that we must say that the, 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 the according to, to the Gemara, the, the Sifri Mishabeshtahi, there, there's certain things in the Sifri that aren't clear. Uh, and he asks a few other questions on the Sifri, and the Ramban tries to give some type of shot to the Sifri, but it's, we're not going to go into it, but it's, it, it, at the end of the day, it's not, it doesn't really answer, um, it's a little bit of a doifik of an answer. Uh, if you look at the Ramban, it's not a clear shot answer. And um, when you continue reading the Sifri, You'll see why. You'll see why, uh, even more so. What, why, uh, what, why, why, why the Sifri is mashed like Rashi. The Sifri continues that each shaver gets according to its number, and it tells you, as we see from Sefer Yeshua Perikud Zayin, where it talks about the Nachlas that each tribe be at. So it tells us a story over there that it says that the people of Yosef came, and they complained to Moshe. It says that we are, uh, you know, Hashem blessed at Ad Koi, meaning that they had over 20,500 more people um, 
from when they left Mitzrayim, when they left Mitzrayim by the initial count, when they left Mitzrayim, there's 32,200 uh, 32, people in Shev Menashe. By the time they entered Eretz Yisrael by, by Parshas Pinchas, they had 52,700. So there's a 20,500 amount of children that they had in that 40 year period. And even from Parshas Pinchas till they actually divided the land, uh, you know, which, which we know that it took another seven years to conquer, another seven years to divide it. So they had a lot, a lot of kids. They were very populous. So they said that the portion of land, the that was given to us is, is not enough. And when it says it wasn't enough. So they came to complain to, uh, to Yeshua that they, that they need more land. So Yeshua tells them that if you don't have enough land, you should go and attack the Kananim. You still have basically the, the mountain and you have the valleys. So go cut the trees and fight the people and then you'll have more land. Meaning you're not getting additional land. Rather, conquer the rest of, I gave you a, a very large piece of land. Conquer the rest of the land that you still have. Uh, the reason why they were complaining is because they, they said that these Kananim that were living in those areas were very powerful. They had iron chariots. They were scared to attack them. But, but, Ephraim, but Yeshua tells them that you guys are a large nation. You could attack them and you'll win. Okay, whatever. The problem is, so the Sathri is bringing this as a proof that we see that each Shevet got according to uh, how much they're supposed to get. Um, and therefore, Menashe was complaining that we didn't get as much as, as we're supposed to get. So therefore, Yosef basically replies, you did get as much as you're supposed to get. You just have to basically conquer the land. Conquer all the land that was given to you, then you would have enough land. But according to the Ramban, this that Menashe complained is very hard to understand. Because remember, according to the Ramban's pshat, Menashe and Ephraim, they got their own, each one of them got their own portion. So Shevet Yosef really got two tribes, they got two Chawaki, double the amount of any other tribe. So it seems weird. Menashe is the tribe that doesn't have enough. Ruth, you, we know Yehuda had much, Yehuda I think had over 70,000 people in his tribe. So Yehuda had over 70,000. Menashe had 52,000. Menashe is the one complaining that we don't have enough land while Yehuda was okay. He had enough land. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. They got so much extra land. How could they come and complain that they don't have enough? They got much more than all the other tribes. It's very hard to understand according to the Ramban. The Ramban has to answer that since they had so many kids, they had over 20,000 kids, and then it was another 14 years. So who knows how many more kids they had that. So even with you know, the extra land that they got, they still didn't have enough. Plus, clearly they weren't able to conquer all the land that, that uh, was given to them. So because they weren't able to conquer all the land, because of the Canaanim that are there, and they had so many kids. So therefore, they came to Yeshua basically to complain that we need, you need to give us something that we're able to live in because there's nothing we can do. And Yeshua tells them, now nah, you could just conquer the land that was given to you. So that's how the Ramban needs to answer it. But according to Rashi, it's just, it works much better. It's much better that they got the right amount uh, that, they were, that they were supposed to get. They didn't get double the amount of everybody else. Even according to Rashi, you still have to say it makes more sense. They got exactly how much they needed, but parts of those pieces of the land they weren't able to live in. But according to the Ramban, they got double that what they were supposed to get, and still it wasn't enough for them to live in. Like it's more of a doichu to say that that many kids that they weren't able to manage, um, and none of the other tribes even complained. So, which which is weird. Furthermore, uh, if, when we look in the Gemara, when we look at the Gemara, the Gemara tells us that. This is an interesting machoikus in the Gemara. This is on, on Baba Vasa Dafka Pyudzai. 
The Gemara wants to know by which count, the, the, the Yidim were counted many times in the desert. They were counted, one time they were counted as right when they left Mitzrayim, and another time they were counted was in Parchas Pinchas, right before they go into Eretz Yisrael. So the Shail of the Gemara is, by which count did they rely on to divide up the land? So let's explain it to Rashi because it's just very easy to understand. So according to the first count, let's say there was, uh, the Torah does give the exact number. I apologize, I don't remember what the number was. Let's say it was 600,300. Or I think, I think it was 600,000, 30,300, or I don't know, something like that. Anyways, so that would mean that you would divide the land up to those many portions. So, you know, each shave, let's say Yehuda had, you know, at that point, 60, 65,000. So you would get a piece of land, which was 65,000 portions. And Yaman would get 22,000. Or do you go what happened when they actually came into Eretz Yisrael, where Yehuda had over 70,000, so they get a bigger piece of land. And Yaman had whatever number they had, and then they would get, so what, what number do you rely on? Is, is the Yerusha based on when they left, how many, what the counts of each shaven that each family was based on when they left Mitzrayim? Or is based on the count about when they came in to Eretz Yisrael. I'm not going to go into the whole discussion of the proofs each way. Uh, the reason why you would say it was, you know, obviously it makes sense why you would say according to the amount of people that came in, they would just get, they come in, you get a piece of land. The reason why you'd say it goes by the Yates and Mitzrayim because it says in, um, it says, Parshish uh, I believe, that when the Yidin left, it says that Hashem was giving them Eretz Yisrael's Yerusha. It sounded like he was giving the people who left Mitzrayim the Yerusha. So that means that the land would have been belonged to them. So whoever left Mitzrayim, that's how much land they would have gotten. That would also be relevant even for the individual. For example, if let's say Ruvain left Mitzrayim and he had, uh, so he would get one piece of land. But by the time he, 40 years later, now he had five kids. So if you go by um, Ruvain, then, then those five kids will only get one piece of land. They got, they got Ruvain's piece of land and they just have to divide it up. Well, if you're saying that it goes by whoever's entering into Eretz Yisrael, that means that, that each one of them will get their own piece of land. That means they're getting five pieces of land. So, you know, it's a very big Nafkamina. But anyways, so one of the questions that the Gemara asks is, it says, according to the opinion that says it goes according to how many people left Mitzrayim, then at least the complaint of the, 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 the children of Ephraim, uh, of, of Menashe makes sense. When they left Mitzrayim, they were 30,000, 32,000, as we said. But when they came in, there were 52,000. It was a massive addition of people in, in that period of time. So it makes sense. At least the complaint would make sense. How are we going to explain why they didn't have enough land? But clearly there was a massive difference of how much they were getting based on when they left Mitzrayim and how much any people they had when they came into Israel. So it sounds like the reason why they would complain is a proof that it goes by how many people left Mitzrayim, because that would have been a major, major difference. But he says, if you're going according to the amount, you got a piece of land based on how many people you are when you entered the land, then what were they complaining about? So you're 52,000 people now, so now you get a piece of land, which is 52,000 pieces big. Like, what are you complaining about? Okay, so the Gemara has to answer because they had a lot of kids uh, after that point of time. You know, so there were a lot of, you know, 19-year-olds and under. And um, after that point of time, um, or at that point of time, and let's say these kids were your Simonin. So that means that they wouldn't even have a piece of land because they didn't have a father. Let's say the father passed away already. 
they came into the land, they were 19 years old, so they wouldn't get a portion, so they wouldn't even have any portion. Plus, if they had more kids after that period of time, you know, so whatever, that, that could have been the complaint. But but the point is that, that the Ram, that the Ram wants to say is that according to the Ramban, it doesn't, it still doesn't, make, the question doesn't make sense. According to Rashi, it, the question does make sense, right? They're coming into Eretz Yisrael. They're getting a piece of land, which is enough for 32,000 people. But now they have 52,000 people. So they're complaining like, ah, uh, we need more land. Like, we don't have enough. And it's, it's understandable why, what they're complaining about. Like, we just don't have enough. But according to the Ramban, they got double the amount of everybody else. You know, if, if they got two equal portions or each individual like the Ramban wants to, according to the opinion of Kachach the Gavri, they got two, each individual got two pieces of land. But either way, they got much more than everybody else. So what are they complaining about? Even, even if you're saying it's 30,000, right? So if it was 32,000, that means they got 64,000 pieces of land and there were only 52,000 people. So they still got a lot of land. It still it doesn't make sense. In Shevet Yehuda didn't get extra land. They got exactly fitting. Here, they still have extra. So what, what are they complaining about? So it's, again, so this, this, it's another Shiloh on the Ramban, which is hard to understand. Well, according to Rashi, it would fit beautifully. So this is just to give a recap, and now we're going to go into the Ha'ara. Um, the recap is that it's, according to Rashi, According to Rashi, when it says that Yosef got the Bechor, he says it's Bechor le'inyin hashvatim. And the Nafkimina would be, there would be no Nafkimina actually in the amount of land that they got. There would be no difference in the property or the monetary acquisitions that they would have gotten. But there would be differences that since they were called Shvatim, they had certain privileges. They got their own Gairo, they had their own Nasi, their own Dekha. The Ramban uh, says on Rashi that everything that you're giving them is not a nachla. Everything that you're giving them is just an inyan of COVID. So they're not actually getting anything. A nachla means that they're getting some type of inheritance, but they're not getting an inheritance. They're just getting different things of COVID. So there's no nafkimina. And therefore the Ramban gives his own shot that it was 12 equal portions and they didn't make a nafkimina because they got their own thing. So Har 51, now we can read this inside with a lot of the background. Hopefully it's more gishmak. So the Shiloh over there in 1551 is, as we mentioned, According to Rashi, there's no place for the question of the portion. How could Yaakov transfer the Bukhar to Yosef? You're not allowed to change the Bukhar from the Bukhar that you don't, you don't like and give it to the Bukhar that you do love. Or I should say, Ben Ahuva to the Ben Ahuva, Ben Asnu to the Ben Ahuva. He says, even from a bad son to a good son, meaning is a tzaddik or a rasha, you have to give it to the oldest one. So how could Yaakov do that? He says, Kiladas Rashi, because according to Rashi, within was the Bechor Lanachla. And the Bechor was given to Yosef only for the Indian of the Shvatim. Reit Tachuma Beyetz, the Lila R13, that the Tachuma also uh, we brought earlier doesn't actually the way how he learns the pasuk in uh, the way how he learns the pasuk is that the reason why it says by the brachas is because it was telling him it was actually saying Reuven you are the bachar you're not losing the bachar the only thing that's being transferred from you is the union of the kahuna and the union of the malchus that the bachar you still are the bachar 
So that doesn't work according to Rashi completely because according to Rashi, he did lose part of the Bukhar. He lost the Imin Shvatim. But the Bukhar in general was kept, according to Rashi, the Bukhar, Bukhlolos was kept by Ruvain, even if it was only transferred to the Imin Shvatim. According to Tanakhum, it's even more than that. It seems like at least um, that literally he, he got to keep all of it and he never lost the Imin Bukhar. Fine. Or maybe you can learn that Tanakhum means the same thing as Rashi does. Um, I guess, uh, okay. Anyways, but I am Pirush Rashi, Parashasinimam, Chas, Pasuk Hei Vav, Uberam Ban Sham, and that's the Pesukim that we mentioned that Ephraim Menashe Kuruvim Shemim Yerli. So look over there. She'ein Nafkeminim B'zeh Ephraim Menashe Heim Be'ish Shvatim L'Inyan Achala. That there is no Nafkemina by Ephraim Menashe for the Indian of the Nachala. Meaning is the whole Nafkemina would be only for the Indian of Shvatim. But it wouldn't be any Nafkemina for the Indian of Nachala because either way they would have gotten the same amount of land. Look at the Shakatar, the Aruch, Mepharshi, Rashi Sham. We did two of them, uh, the, 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 the Mepharshi, the ones that I think discussed at the most length, which was the Mizrahi and the Gurariye. And we, you know, we explained what their answer is. Because right? the Pasuk clearly says it was the Nachala. So Ramban is learning that, look, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, uh, we mentioned in Parshish Vayishlach, Perk Lamed Hay, that Reuben was Bechor in Yanachala. And he only says the Indian Shvatim was transferred, which means the Hafta Goralis and all, all those things. So the Nachla never was transferred. That's how the Ramban is learning Rashi. But they're trying to explain that according to Rashi, you know, in the Nachla, there's the actual Nachla, which would be transferred from a father to a son, and that Taka was kept by Ruvain. But these other Inyanim of uh, Goralis, they would also be considered Nachla in a wider sense. And that was given to Ephraim and Manasseh. And that would not be relevant to the Indian of La Yuchalavakir, because that's only with regular types of nachlas, actual properly, not something that would happen in the future, like a, a ability to have an extra raffle ticket in, 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 in a, in a girl. But this part is, let's read on in the, in the, in the R. This part is actually quite, for me, it was very difficult to understand what the Rebbe is trying to say. He's of Avalore, pure Shani Barashi, Parshasani, Mem, Chas Chabbez. Look at later on in Rashi Perak Memchas Paschabes. So in Paschabes, the Torah is telling us that Yaakov uh, tells Yosef that I'm going to pass away and Hashem will be with you and he will he will make he will bring you back to the land of your fathers. Paschabes. I'm giving to you a one shchem over your brothers, means you'll get a shchem in addition to in addition to whatever whatever your brother's getting, you will get an additional shchem. Now, what is this Shechem? This is Asher This is what I took from the hands of the Meir with my sword and with my bow. You're going to get the Shechem. So what does Shechem mean? So the first shot he gives is they got the literal, the city of Shechem. That the city of Shechem, which he took from the Meir with the Charbi Bikashti, that was going to be given to Yosef. But then he gives a second shot, and that's what's relevant to us. So the second shot is that the word Shechem means, means a portion. Dover Acher Shechem Echad Hiya he says, Shechem Echad means that is the Bukhaira, that his sons would take two portions. Shechem means a portion. So your sons will get two portions. Okay, so that's what he says over here. I'm going back to the Yisicha. So it sounds like the Rebbe is asking a question. We're a Pirish Rashi B'Sheni, that when he says the Bukhar, it means that his sons would get two portions. So the question that I have is, uh, I'm trying to understand what the Rebbe is trying to say. It's, it seems like if you didn't look at any of the Mephorshim, 
he just looked, it seems like he's asking a steer of Rashi. That in one place Rashi says that the, the, the Nachala remained with Reuben. The only thing that was transferred was the Inyan Ashvatim. And now he's telling us over here that Yisrael was giving Yosef to Cholakim. He was giving him the Bechairah. Uh, that he did give him the Bechar. For the Inyan of that he would get two Cholakim. So it seems like it's a stira. But if you, the Mephorshim all re- discuss this piece, and it seems like they learn, from at least how I understood it, that when it says that they're going to take two portions, yes, because they did get two portions. Because since they had two raffle tickets, they did get two portions. Ephraim got one portion, and Manasha got a, got a different portion. And we already explained by Arucha earlier, that's not, that's not enough gemina about how much land they actually got. They got the same amount of land as, as, uh, they were, uh, as everybody else. It, it was based on the size of their shaving. The difference was that they got two raffle tickets, as, as we explained. So also over here, when it says that he got the Bechur, that he was able to take two portions, and the Pashtas, what it's referring to, uh, it would be referring to when they came into Eretz Yisrael, that they got two portions of land, meaning it based, based on the Gaira. Uh, but the Rebbe does say this idea of Re'e. So I'm not sure what he means by that. Is he learning... It differently, and, and therefore he's trying to say is that is the Bechor, that his sons took two portions, meaning as he took two portions of the actual estate of Yaakov? Is that what he's trying to say? That the Rebbe's learning that he takes the Bechor, that he actually, they literally took two portions. So this would be a different shot than what we're seeing earlier. Earlier, it was just about in the future they would t- get two raffle tickets, and now we're, according to this Dabar Acher, it means that they literally got two portions and then, you know, obviously this whole the, wouldn't answer the question. According to this second shot, it wouldn't answer the questions of the, of how can you mean the Ben Ahuva, Ben Ahuva on the Ben Asnua. So there was not so clear, it says, in Kamakamis, he doesn't really explain what he's trying to say. So if I didn't know of this Ha'ar, I would have just understood it to mean, that in the future, his sons will take two Cholakim when they divide the land based on the two Gerolis. But the Rebbe does says, so for whatever reason, it seems like he's, he's, he might be, he might be, I'm not even sure, he might be learning it differently. And just to point out that according to the, the second shot, that it says that they're going to take an extra portion in addition to their brothers. So, so I'm going to give you an additional portion over the brothers. He says, from what I took from the Amairi, Bukhari Kashi. So according to, who's, who's the Amairi over here? So Rashi tells us, according to the second shot, this would mean, this means uh, from Asa, because he did Maise, or maybe Amayir comes to the idea of Imre Fiv, and Utfilasi. So these are the two portions that I took from Asab. What does that mean? And this is, in general, very hard to, even without the Sikha, it's hard to understand. Yaakov is giving Ephraim and Manasha two portions that he took, he's giving him the Bukhar, meaning that they'll take two portions, where did he get this Bechor from? He got it from Esau. So what's hard to understand is, what Bechor did he take from Esau, which he transferred over to the children of Yosef? If we're talking about the Bechor that he got from Yitzchak, because he was, since he was, let's say, the Bechor instead of Esau, so he would have got that Bechor, that extra portion. Bechor, that would have been part of the rest of his estate. And he would have been... So when Ephraim and Manasseh took two portions, they would have got two portions from all of the estate of Yaakov, everything he got from Lavan throughout his whole life, plus whatever he got from his father. 
So it's two portions of everything, not just what he got from, from Esav. So Elamai, it seems, the, the, so another way of learning it, this is how the Shilamayur learns it, that it means is that Esav was supposed to get heir to Israel, because he was the Bechar. Since he, Yaakov got the brachas, and right after the brachas, it says that, um, it says that Yitzchak tells Yaakov that I'm giving to you the birchas Avram, l'chol azarach itchal lishtachatz eretz mugarachan, shenasam elakim l'avram. That Yaakov was zeicha in, um, that, that Yaakov was zeicha in the chalik that should have gone to Esav, Yaakov gets it instead of him. So, so that, that's what the b'chor that he's getting. He's getting two portions in Eretz Yisrael, Mash Inc., and the other brothers only get one portion. But the problem with that shot is, uh, at least for how I understand it is that first of all, we already said that they got this an extra portion of Eretz Yisrael much earlier in Pasuk Hay and Vav. So what's the second thing that Yaakov's giving him? It's repeating the same thing he gave earlier. They, he already gave that to them. So, it's, 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 so it's, it sounds like he's giving him something new. And second of all, the way how the Pasuk is written, he says, I'm giving you a shechem, I'm giving you a chelik achad, Achad Alachacha, which I took from the Mayur, which means which I took from Esav. He's giving him this Shechem that he took from Esav. It's much for that, this that he took from Esav, which is the Shechem, which we're saying is, is the Bukhar, this is what he's giving over to, the, to, to Yosef. Not that they're only going to get part of that. Meaning, according to the way how the Shai Lamayur is learning, it means that Yosef, Yosef will get two portions of Eretz Yisrael. He's getting two portions of the Bukhar that should have gone to Esau, which is Eretz Yisrael. They're getting two portions of that Bukhar. But from the Pasuk, it's mashma that they're getting the entire Shechem Echad. They're getting this portion uh, from what he took from the Miyad HaMayri Umiyad Bukhar Bukashti. But according to the Shaila Mayri, you need to learn it is that from the general piece of land, that, that general area to throw, which I took from the Mayur Harbi, they will get one extra portion of that. I mean, that, that's the way how you'd have to learn it. So I'm giving you an extra portion, in addition to your brothers, from that which I took, which I guess maybe you could learn it that way. That I'm giving you one extra portion, and it, more than your brothers, from that which I took from, from Asaph. Okay, so maybe maybe according to the Shaila Mayur, you could learn it that way. But according to that way, then they wouldn't, then it's still going with, you still have the first question, is it doesn't seem like we're adding anything. What, what is he giving him extra at this point in time? It's re- just repeating what he gave him earlier. So therefore, maybe, another way of reading it is, that he gave them the Bechaira, um, that, the Bech- that it, we're talking about specifically the, whatever that Bechaira was that Yaakov took from Esav. So whatever that Bechaira was that Yitzchak gave to Yaakov. So in a sense that Yaakov is dividing that from the rest of the Yerusha. The, the, the general Yerusha that I have, everyone gets equal. Or, well, Reuven gets double of the regular Yerusha, and everyone else gets one portion. But the Bechor, that, that specific piece of land and whatever else was included in that Bechor that I got from Esav, it's only that I'm giving over two portions of that I'm giving over to his children. So it can mean two portions of that Bechor he's giving over to Yosef, to his two kids, or another way of reading it is that he's getting the entire Bechor, that the Shechem Echad is the Bechor, that you're going to get Shechem Echad, you're going to get the Bechor. Meaning is, his children will take two portions because they're going to get the regular chilek as any of the other brothers would get in all the property of Yaakov. Plus, they're going to get another chilek because they're also getting the second chilek, which was the Bechor, which Yaakov got from his father Yitzchak. So that would be the second chilek. So that could be, maybe, I don't know, maybe another way of reading this Rashi. Uh, I didn't see it anywhere, so I'm basically just making it up. Maybe that's what the the Reb is referring to. I do not know. But... um, the way that the Rebbe says, So according to this way of learning, it sounds like they would have gotten something 
extra. They would have got something extra um, that that would should have gone to Reuven. So there would have been an Avkimina. So it wasn't just that they got an extra girl, but they would have got an extra piece of land. I don't think this would anyways be a question on 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 the you know what we said that the original thing because this would be it sounds like an, a gift. You're allowed to give a gift to a particular son. Meaning is when the land is being divided by the regular Yerusha, then everybody gets the same amount, the gets double, but you are allowed to give gifts. Like we see that he gave him the gift of Shechem to Yosef. So however he gave him the gift of Shechem, I don't remember the rules of Nachla, maybe it was right before he passed away, he had to give him the gift, or maybe even after you passed away, but if you clearly state that you want one of the kids to get something, you're able to do it. However way the rules of Nachla work, just like he got Shechem, he's saying, I'm also giving you the Bechayra. This Bechayra that I gave, took from Esau, I'm giving to you. Um, and that's, we have to read, Shiyitlu Bona Shnei means the Chalik of the Bechor, which, and plus the Chalik that they would get as any of, uh, Yosef would have gotten as just one of the, the, the kids of Yaakov. Um, okay, uh, but the Rebbe says, look there, so it wouldn't have mattered for Leichol but still he would maybe be an Afkimina that they got something extra. Let's just finish off this hour. According to the Pirish Rashi, that the only thing that was given to Bechar Yosef, so this would be not the Davarach, or this would be the original Pshat, so if we're saying it's just for the Indian Shvat, then it's very understood the Deek of the Passing, said that the Bechar was given to the children of Yosef. The Bechar is always given to the um, to the kids, you don't give the bechor to the grandkids, so it would have been right when Yaakov passed away. Yosef should have gotten two portions. So Elamai, we're saying is that we're not talking about the bechor of property. We're talking about the inyan shvatim that eventually, a few hundred years later, they would get two chalak merit Israel, and that wouldn't have been relative, relevant to Yosef. It would have been relevant to his kids. So his kids, each one of them, got like a raffle ticket in that uh, in, in that raffle. Everyone have a great Shabbos.